0: Welcome to Grit, Guts, and Determination, the Leadville Race Series podcast and your authority on all things Leadville. I'm your host, Cole Clover, son of race founder, Ken Clover. We want to take you on a journey of storytelling of our now 38-year rich history We also then want to follow that up with tricks and tips that will get you to that line come August and let our community members have a little say in that too. So sit back, enjoy, and we'll see you this summer. We'll see you at home in Leadville. Well, Leadville fans, I've got a special one today, or a special duo, might I say. I've got Travis and Mark Macy with me. Now, you may know Mark and Travis from the Prime Series covering the Echo Challenge this year, or Mark from previous Echo Challenges seen with Marshall Ulrich. Uh, Mark is also one of our early 100-mile runners his son Travis is one of our longtime bikers, turned runner, turned Leadman. So, without further ado, please enjoy my discussion with the Macy's. So we have a saying in Leadville: "You don't find Leadville; Leadville finds you." Now, this question's probably going to be a little longer from Mark, but Mark, when did Leadville find you? Nineteen
1: eighty-eight is that call? That was quite some time ago.
0: <laughs> yes, it was. Only uh, five years into our, our very long race history at this point. Yep. Um, now, were you a Ultra Runner before that time, or uh, was this your jumping off point?
1: Uh, I think, as I recall, it was, I guess, a bad jumping off point. Uh, I did. That's the date that I did Leadville 100 for the first time, and to make it long story short, I didn't know anything about it, <laughs> and I just I just heard of this thing about Leadville, and and you know, Leadville, you know, supposed to have all these races, and and so you know, I just started thinking about it, and um. Uh, so, when the first Leadwell 100 came out after after I arrived on the scene, if you will, uh, again, I didn't really know what I was doing, but I knew there was a 100 mile race, and uh, my kids were there to watch the takeoff, and my wife was there. And uh, so, without knowing anything, I didn't even though i I knew nothing i didn't know how to (laughs) think myself i didn't know anything so i i had done one marathon that was my you know the first so-called tough race that i had ever been in and that was several years earlier so but in any event
0: well, yeah, in 88, I think what there you probably had the first original power bar available for fuel, if you even knew it existed. Um, I, I'm not sure people'd heard of electrolytes yet. Travis, what age were you in 1988?
1: Yeah, so let me know, Colin. And by the way, thanks for having us on here. I mean, this is it's awesome to, to get to talk with you. And uh, I was listening to your interview with Mary Lee and, you know, hearing about those good old days.
2: <laughs> I think my introduction to the Leto 100 call was, you know, similar to yours as far as just uh, inscription, you know, like, <laughs> you're <Yes>. five, you're <laughs> dead, and here's, here's what you're
1: doing this weekend. So, uh, yeah, I got pulled on, but man, I just, uh, I remember a lot from that first race, really, clearly. I remember being up early in the morning and the dark and cold. And I remember your dad, you know, out there shooting the shotgun, and uh, and I remember the the um, I'm jumping ahead of it. I remember the post race meeting in the old Sixth Street gym, and you know your your dad saying all the all the good old sayings about being better than you think you are, and uh, you can do more than you think you can. And uh, anyway, that stuff it just it all it all stuck with me. You know, I I remember. The gun goes off and the runners ran away and uh with my mom and my little sister and my uncle brian we went into the um donut shop there on main street you know <laughs> they were open oh yeah and, you know uh, i remember going to winfield and we had a picnic you know dad got there way ahead of you know he figured if you get there before 15 hours you know you're ahead of Pace, he got there way ahead of that, so he stopped and had a picnic. <laughs> and it turned out
2: the the second half of the race was a lot harder than the first, um, as most people listening to this know. So it turned out to, to be harder for him coming back. And you know, I remember um, I, I remember a lot of years. Uh, you know,
1: the the course used to um, kind of blow Mount Elbert. It came on the Colorado Trail all the way up to um half moon road and yeah. uh, there was this spot there where the, the crews used to drive up like it's paved now but back then it was dirt and i feel like i just remember spending it felt like days and days sitting there because we'd always get there and it would be light out and oh that's going to be here soon but then it would you know you're waiting and waiting and waiting pretty soon it's dark and you know then you're asleep and dad finally shows up and um, so I remember that spot. I remember going to the fish hatchery and, you know, feeding the fish and hanging out there with, uh, with my friend, Sam. And, um, one year we, uh, we ate all of dad's pizza. Uh, <laughs> my, my mom had gotten, you know, pizza somewhere in town and, and like me and, and my sister and our friends were sitting in the car for so long you know, the, we just ate all the
2: pizza and dad finally got there. There was no pizza, so, uh, Oh goodness.
1: You know. Yeah. Anyway, lots of, lots of good memories.
2: Let found us for sure. And <laughs> you know, we've had a lot of good memories over the years and, uh,
1: wintertime memories too. You know, dad and I were going, uh, I grew up at Evergreen and dad lives there still. And, um, I live in Salida now, which is just down the street from, uh, Bill,
2: right. the street. but, uh,
1: you know, we were we were going there in the winter a lot to do the snowshoe races, uh, you know, put on by Tom Sobel and, and then uh, Bruce Kelly, you know. Oh, uh, yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Yeah, classic Leadville characters. So some of those were a lot of like 10K, 10-mile races, and then uh, Sobel put on a 20-miler um, in the Turqu- Turquoise Lake area that we used to do every year, so.
0: Oh sure. Lots Bru- of
1: memories for sure,
0: yeah, Bruce. Bruce sold me the first bike I raced Leadville on. Well, the second bike because I I did it when I was 22 and I quit. Uh, I didn't quit. I finished at 12:06. Good but idea. then thir- okay. 30 years later, Bruce sold me my bike. Ironically, yeah. Tom did a lot of did a lot of help with the setting that mountain bike course too. So. Oh, Yes, yes. Yeah, we definitely have a very similar past. And I can't thank you all enough for coming on. I mean, I've obviously always been a, a huge fan of your father, but I've been quite a fan of yours from afar. And, you know, Mary Lee and my dad are always talking about how proud they are of you guys and that book you've authored and given to them. And all of that so uh yes I, I can't say how thankful we are and for everybody listening i mean it's just more of that you know family story and and how you know once you do do find leadville and leadville find you you're going to become a part of our family and and that's what we all are um yeah
1: you know I, if, if i can i need to tell you that you know Leadville has been, you know, a treasured chest to all of us and our family because, you know, we've been going there all these years. I don't know when the, or the first year of the Leadville 100. I, I know we we just mentioned it.
2: Well,
0: it was 83, um, but no, that's, you shouldn't, there's so, <laughs> then all those years get so jumbled together for
2: sure.
1: Yeah, you know, we just, you know, since that first year of Leadville, I've been, you know, all over the world and and adventure racing and stuff like that. But being at Leadville is more important to me, and I know Marshall Ulrich would say the same thing. You know, being at Leadville is more in part important than, you know, all the places that I've been all around the world, racing and stuff. But, so you know, I'm going to be here. As, you know, I'm an old guy, and I got Alzheimer's, but I'm going to be here as long as you guys are. So, know, uh, I can't wait for next year, even. So.
0: Well, we absolutely can't wait for that, either. And, I mean... It absolutely makes our day my day to hear you say that. Uh that's always been our target. And of course you were actually the godfather of some of these types of racing, like with this echo challenge and stuff. And you know, you talk about maybe not remembering when we started, well, gosh, I'm the same way. Um, when you and Marshall came to support my Tuesday night run, and I was talking to Marshall, God, I thought you guys had gotten into this adventure racing prior to Leadville, and he had to unscrapulate my timeline and educate me that he was in Leadville before he was doing that. And I do want to get to some of that in a second. I want to highlight the both of you, And I I do love you talking about that year 88. I want to highlight the both of you of um, speaking of some of your Leadville achievements. Um, I'd love to know how many you've done, but I'm going to kind of whisper that out and let you talk about it. Mark, I believe for you that number is five. I believe it starts with 1988. With our most famous race achievement, I think you got the last ass over the past that year, and 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 then I believe that, uh, in, and then another one that's really special to my heart. I believe the one time that you broke twenty five hours was the year nineteen ninety five, and what I remember about nineteen ninety five was I was twenty one thought I could take on that race and I quit at Winfield. But that was a very unique year in the fact that I quit at Winfield because it was raining the entire 12 hours I was in the race and I was over it and I quit. I just flat out quit. And then now Travis, on the other hand, I think has one one run finish, But that finish is a 20 hour and change finish. He also has a lead man finish, which culminates in an hour faster than I can do on a bike with a 732 and change. And then now, Travis, do you have another bike race in there also? And can you both elaborate on those?
1: Uh yeah well I um yeah maybe I'll go first and uh, the um I've done the bike five times I think the first time was 2006 and that was um it was the pre Lance era I think that was kind of you know Lance doing the race uh, definitely changed things as far as just putting it on the map
2: um, but I, the reason I mentioned it is because in 2006 I think I did like 754 and I finished 12th place. Okay. And, uh, you know, now to get twelfth or into the top 10, you know, you gotta be well below seven hours. Oh yeah. Uh,
1: And, you know, so anyway, as the race got bigger, it got faster as well. And I, I think my fastest bike time was, um, seven, 11. And, uh, that year that would have been 2000, I think nine, nine or 10. Um, I was, Biking more at that time, and uh, and I really wanted to break seven, and uh, and kind of still do, although it's <laughs> of course getting getting harder. I don't know if that would if that'll ever happen or not, but uh, yeah. So anyway, I've done the bike five times. You know, I sometimes I think like maybe I will go for that that ten time buckle, especially in the bike. And, um, I've just done the run once, and um, you know i I'm, I'm there every year for coaching. I've, I've paced there. I mean, I don't know how many you know. I would say probably 10 plus times, you know, paced someone for some distance. So, um, but I, I may do the run again. You know, I, uh, my personally, uh, my, my interest seem to vary and I, I don't do the same race, uh, more than once, um, very often,
2: but I, I, I might be back to the run sometime and I did, uh, Cole, you might be re- remember this. I think it was 2009. Um, there was a 24 hours of Leadville, uh, a bike race one time, you know, 24 hour, uh, you do the, do the same loop over and over and you could do solo or do yeah, it yeah. Uh, as a relay
1: team. And so, um, so I did that and, uh, I think maybe it's,
0: it's the one course record that will that'll, that'll <laughs> always get to hold because the race only
1: happened one time. So I think I get to keep the course record for that one. <laughs>
0: Well, yes, and, but now, and we'll get more into your running, but I I like these leading questions of the 100 because, you know, I'm definitely that same way. I think I've got four runs, but I've got nine bikes at this point, and oh, nice. probably half of those have just been keeping me away from the run because I feel like with <laughs> my father, i got to do that run again, and I'm sure you feel that pressure as well.
2: Yeah. Well, you're knocking on the doors.
1: You've done the bike nine times. You probably have to do it ten. It seems
0: like. Well, yeah. Then I just gotta figure out why I'm not doing that run again, or just do the (laughs) run again. Yeah.
1: Well, there's always one man going. You can do that next year.
0: Well, I think I'm gonna leave that to you and the other locals that (laughs) seem to have figured that out so well, and I'm gonna focus on one at a time. (laughs) Yeah. Um, now, Mark, do you want to talk about some of your more memorable finishes there?
1: Well, I I think that I, I have done four bike races. And uh, the first thing that comes to my mind, the first race I did, and the gun went off. You know, your dad set set the gun off, and I wasn't really sure of what was gonna happen but when, <laughs> when everybody just went crazy you know? <laughs> and i hope i can get killed in this you know but you know it was that just like the run was just it was tough but it was blast and and i think i i left it at four or five uh bike races just so i could run and, and uh adventure race so i i kind of left a the bike out and haven't done it for several years
0: well now and when you were a runner doing the adventure racing or I shouldn't even say when you were a runner did you feel like running was more your strong point or were you more like the Rebecca Rush style adventure racer where that was actually her weak point at one time like were you more intimidated by the bike race than the run uh, no I wasn't
1: I wasn't scared of either one of them you know they I just didn't want to well I guess I should say when you when you get to the top of the yeah, get to the top of the ice or the bike race and, and then just you, you've got to go to the bottom and every year that kind of scared me a little bit and I was pretty you know pretty pretty easy going and not going full speed and trying to beat everybody up or down the hill there so uh maybe maybe i'm just a chicken
0: (laughs) no i i think that's actually
1: maybe smart
2: daddy
0: yeah i'm going with smart as well i've rode that pretty aggressive and i don't think it usually works out when you're on that line with that many people coming up yeah (laughs) <laughs> well and so now i know the two of you yeah that's a good i can't imagine mark you're scared of much anything are you either travis but so have, have any you had any troubles with dnfs on our course or in the adventure racing world you know I'm, uh, i mean i've been lucky to make it through it at, at
1: leadville and um you know whether whether it's ill-advised or not. I guess I, I never, the race that I've done at Leadville, I think I've always been pretty well prepared and y- living at altitude, you know, Evergreen, where, where Dad lives now most of my life is, is about 8,000 feet and it's pretty easy to get up around 10 or so, so that obviously helps. Um, you know, and it's uh, just a lot of, you know, the, the usual stuff. you got to expect to have a lot of challenge and, and then hopefully be able to solve the challenge. And, and I have very often um, finished slower, you know, than I hoped for or expected, but uh, but I think that's just kind of part of the deal. So um, I, I have, you know, in adventure races, a couple of times we've been unable to finish um, due to injury, you know, acute injury as far as uh, one year in a race in France, we had a real bad bike crash that resulted in a, and a hospital trip and, um, and that kind of stuff. But I, you know, I, I generally, uh, I, I think, uh, you know, trying to finish if you can is uh, is a good thing, in, in my opinion. You know, you, you don't want to really hurt yourself or do long-term damage or something like that. But, uh, you know, I think if you can make it through, then, then you probably should. And, and one thing I love about Lettville is often you're you're not alone in that. Uh, you know, you've got your, your team – especially in the run as far as your pacers and group, but then you also have you know the, the team of the people around you and that's mostly the other athletes you know people people are there to help you and that's kind of part of the ethic of, of these sports is helping each other and uh, you know whether that's sharing food or you know you, you kind of make a little team for a while and you help
2: each other along and provide encouragement and you know everyone gets to be the strong person for a while um, I think that that often you know, people they talk about
1: digging deep or looking within yourself to finish, and, and you you have to do that, but you can't overlook the value of the team because that's that's often what uh, what really gets people through.
0: Yes, that's very well said. Um, if. Now, if you haven't hit your times out there, I got to say your times are the ones I aspire for. So that's great. But what I really admire about you, too, is you kind of toe that line of, you know, very elite meets, you know, the guy realizing what his real potential is. And not a lot of those guys do always keep going through to the finish. You know, they're, they're too worried about the sponsor in the next race or whatever. And I, I just have always admired that you've always taken that part of your father it, and that you've, you know, that's always been important to you to put a finish to anything that you've started um also i think
1: there's something to be said for it and i do you know as far as you know whatever the modern day professional worker runner i do i I get it you know when there's uh there's always the next race around well you know whatever if you stop at 60 miles then then you can do the race in three weeks and maybe you could win that or you know i I get that but i just uh you know i i think uh the place that i've learned that there's a value in finishing is it the
2: let go 100? And, you know, I, Cole, I've thought of your dad a lot of times when I'm out
1: there, like, well, why do I keep going? Well, you know, what does Ken say? I remember seeing him say that stuff in the <laughs> 6'3 gym, and so I keep going.
0: Well, that's the biggest honor you could absolutely give to him. So thank you for yeah, that. I'm, I'm, I mean
2: it. Absolutely.
0: Well, your actions and, and your father's actions reflect that. I, there is no question now mark uh we've talked a little bit about this but and and a little bit about the running but what got you into adventure racing and did marshall play any part in that at all in getting you into that or did you get him into that or what well, did we I- got
1: both of us into that at the same time okay um, to make a long story short marshall and i uh were in Moab, Utah, and uh, somebody who, who was, well, to make a long story short, Marshall and I uh, were in Moab, Utah, and we had heard about an adventure, but There was, I don't know if there was any in the United States yet at the time, but you know, there was an adventure racing going on all over the, you know, many other countries in the, in the world. And we just, you know, we, we, along with Bob Haw, who's a great friend of ours and who's been racing adventure racing with us for years and years. You know, we, we just saw this adventure racing stuff and thought it might be kind of cool. And, And we got into it full speed, you know, pretty quickly. And uh, pretty soon, you know, Marshall and Bob and and I are traveling the world and (laughs) going to a lot of cool places, for sure.
0: Well, and what I thought was really special and neat about all of this, um, because that's another... You know, long back reflection. I know that's you know the very late eighties, nineties, where we're talking about that. um But here we are in COVID, and uh, I, you know, I'm on Netflix, and I turn on the TV, and I see that you and Travis are gonna race, and Marshall's gonna race, and Marshall's got the gang back together, but the the two of you are gonna be a team now. Travis, can you tell us why and can you tell us more about that epic journey?
1: Yeah cool so this is the um, 2019 eco challenge you know which they kind of rebranded world's toughest race and it was uh, like you said it was on Amazon Prime and I guess still is on Amazon Prime uh, But uh, yeah you know the, the eco challenge itself had not happened since 2002 because uh, the producer of it, Mark Burnett, had gone on to do uh, Survivor and The Apprentice and various other uh, TV productions, and the sport of adventure racing had continued. Uh, you know, I, I was really into it for some time, doing the world championship, doing big races overseas and around the world, uh, and, and those were all like the Eco Challenge, uh, but none of them were as successful uh, commercially, you know, as far as a, a TV production. So yeah. anyway, the, you know, it's probably starting 2016 or 17. There were all these rumors, eco challenges coming back, you know, Bear Girls is going to host it, yada, yada. But, <laughs> but they were all just rumors until, I don't know, probably 2018. Um, it came out like, Oh, the race is really happening. You know, you can sign up, you can apply here. You, you send your resume. Uh, you also send a little kind of application video, um, You know, because it's a a TV tryout. You know, they're putting on a a real legit race, but it is also a a TV production. So, um, anyway, it is what it is. But uh, definitely a solid, legit race with all the best teams in the world. And, uh, anyway, after, you know, some long long discussions, and uh, in in the meantime, dad was diagnosed with Alzheimer's there. That was kind of late 2018. So so we sort of... again, like Dad said, did a lot of preparation with Marshall and Bob and the Stray Dogs and uh, d- decided that, uh, you know, that they were going to have a team with uh, with with all older folks um, and, and then uh, Dad and I would, would race together, which was really special to both of us and uh, we got to race with uh, with Danielle and um, Shane Siegel, two good mm-hmm. friends of ours, and uh, Andrew Spears as our crew. And um, anyway, it was it was cool. It was a great great experience. Awesome to be out there in uh, in Fiji. You know, a lot of a lot of the Lutville type time on your feed, and uh, things starting to hurt, and that sort of stuff. But uh, it was it was a good adventure. So you know, if people are interested, they could they could
2: check it out online. Uh, you know, I'll give this spoiler We didn't win, uh, but uh, <laughs> probably it's
0: not much of a surprise. <laughs> well, no, but it, it's been so much fun seeing that you know you go through this adventure with your dad, and seeing Marshall living it too. So I definitely think everybody should check it out. And um, I know that you two have been very open with Mark's journey with Alzheimer's. Um, I know that you are in a little bit of a position where you're, you are fortunate enough to put in time with your dad during some of these events. And having an aging father, I know how that's a, a very welcome thing. Um, could you speak a little more to how Mark's journey is going today and uh, you know what, what advice you might have for others going through that fight?
1: Ed, what do you think? Any any advice for other people dealing with Alzheimer's? Well, I don't know if I can give them any, you know, great words of wisdom or anything. All I can say is I or, you know, I think that even though Alzheimer's is a terrible sort of thing, but I'm living a fine life now. I'm happy still. I'm in, you know. I was at racing in in uh, in Leadville, you know, just just a few months ago at the Leadville 50, at the 50. Mm-hmm. Right?
0: Yeah, well, I'm going to touch on that later too. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so you know, I'm still doing it, you know, and I'm not gonna stop. And I know that most people who have Alzheimer's are worried and scared and and probably don't have the same outlook on life that I do, but you know, from time to time I do talk to people and they ask me, you know, what do you what do you do? And I you know, to take care of yourself and Basically, I tell them I, I do the things that I need to do. I need to come to Leadville. You know, there's no way I was going to miss Leadville this year. And uh, and I, I just tell people to be, you know, just do what you need to do and and don't quit with the things that are important to you. You just keep doing them and doing them and doing. Maybe it's not Leadville, but maybe it's going bowling or maybe it's to do something else. And you just, you just can't quit doing what it is that's important to you. Leadville it happens to be that topic for me, and uh, it always will be. I can't can't wait to come come back next year and. I uh, can hear you after year you
0: know I can't get it. Well, we love that. We will always have a spot for you. Um, I, I think your words are extremely important. Um, my dad's mother had, you know, she went through dementia and just you know seeing you two and, and your entire families out in the community and the smiles you have and the drive you have. Um, I absolutely think that's that your words are echoed through your actions, but I, th- I do think it's very important for others going through this to know what your attitude can be. And I, I think you're just an amazing example of, of that going forward, of that continuing to have the faith. And, I mean, like these races, it does take a village – um, and and it's not only you two. I also know that you have another family member and other family members help that family member. You have a brother-in-law, Eric Pence, who's donated a kidney and run Leadville that same year. Um, what's that story?
1: Well, it's a big story in our family as well. My, my wife, Pam has had <laughs> my wife here. She's, kind of she's kind of giving me a little help here
0: well that's that's a good family of course <laughs>
1: yeah, well, my wife Pam has had three liver transplants over the years and um, one, one liver and two kidneys yeah okay Trav you can tell me <laughs> <laughs> sure yeah no, I can I'll tell you yeah that's uh, mom needed a liver transplant in 1990 and uh you know that was the early days of let so she was out there you know crewing and, and stuff probably shortly before and after the transplant and, uh, mm-hmm. and she she needed a kidney so she got one from from her brother brian pence um in 2000 or 2001 um, and uncle Brian also happens to be a Leadville 100 finisher um, uncle Brian is the, the, the king of hash browns um, and coffee <laughs> At Lettville Aid Stations, he shows up out of nowhere and makes makes these awesome hot hash
2: browns that have saved many a, a family member and friend uh, in the race.
1: Um, and then she got another kidney, and uh, that that you know that transplanted one kind of petered out. Uh, so she got one from Uncle Eric, like you mentioned, called Eric Pence, in uh, December 2017, and he um, finished the 100 in 2018 actually faster than we did the previous year like backed <laughs> off half an hour at a time so that little you know lost a little weight from the kidney um and finished it uh and and he i think uncle e is at like maybe 26 let go 100 run finishes or something and uh, his his wife ann has finished a few his son ethan i think has three finishes so anyway he's he's getting up there
0: well, that's – I yeah, I want to pick on that record just a little bit because I know the Pence family because of you all and Mark. And that's yeah. just it. Like, Eric, yeah, he's among – Bill Finkbeiner has 30. And then it's Eric and then Mario Valera, our local guy, has 20. Kurt App has 20. And yeah, then he's you know, there's the whole legacy thing also. Um
2: Yeah.
0: That's a, a very, very, very rare company. Now yeah, and yeah. S- he just kinda
1: of says that, you know <laughs> it's not a big deal for him anymore. And it's yeah, it's still hard obviously. Um, but you know, he's just kinda of got it down and you knows how to get it done and he uh
2: This year, he did High Lonesome, which is another uh, similar
1: know, another challenging 100-miler just a little south
0: of Leadville. He did that, um, I think it was three weeks before Leadville. Oh, God, no, that's a pretty tough one, isn't it? I mean, I hear some pretty good stories from that race.
2: Yeah.
0: Well, and so, yeah, so you all, now how many times have you participated in Pacing or crewing them. I mean, that's got to be a decent number more than the times you've actually taken the event on yourselves.
1: Yeah, I mean those those just all run together. I mean that's it, it really is kind of for us it's sort of a family reunion sort <laughs> of thing. And you know you you show up and pay someone or crew or whatever. So I don't even know how many how many times uh, you know our other. Um, uh, my mom and Eric's brother-in-law, um, Tim Dupuis, got a got to finish as well. Uh, we we have a classic story where Uncle Tim had his brand new like Cortex jacket, and and Uncle
2: Brian shoved a bunch of hash browns into the pocket. Uh, you know no bag or anything
1: just just shoved him in there when he wasn't looking to have some beat out in the rain uh, so he was mad that his jacket got a little messed up but they they got him through and so uh, I, I honestly when i think of dad's leadville legacy um more than his own finishes what i think of is is how many times he's helped other people just make the most of their life uh, by by doing this. And that could be by pacing a family member or friend. And even more importantly, you know, there's a lot of times where dad would just find people out of the course maybe who, who were gonna stop or their head was down and they were going through a low patch. And, you know, he just has these amazing pep talks and they, they yeah. then they get going and finished and they find him afterwards and man, thanks for getting you through and uh, you know, I, I know there's other there's there's hundreds of people out there who are doing that kind of thing, and that's why it's good to be around. I think that's that's why you want your kids out at at events like this, so they can feel that spirit and they can see people doing doing hard things and uh, you know, pushing through or dealing with adversity or even if they don't make it, you know, that's still good for kids to see as well.
0: Well, sure, and like like uh, your dad, my dad's you know whole thing is he believes the purpose of life is a life of purpose and that's exactly yep. what yep. mark's doing and god we talk about family reunion well we look at all these new athletes these new people as new family members and then the first thing we want to do is be able to educate them on how to get to that line and yes they're gonna to have to take all those steps independently but uh For most of them, there's going to be a village around those independent steps that gets them there. Yep, yep. Well, and so now that's the other thing, too, talking about families and and, uh, reunions. The best part of my family reunion this year was the Silver Rush because, you know, it was really special to me to, you know, see Mark out there start but Mark had his son by him and that son had his son by him and off you all went. Um, what, what does that experience mean to the two of you?
1: Well, I'll tell you, it's just, you know, I have, uh, not raced with Travis at all. You know, when he was a kid, you know, I, went to all of his races and stuff, but I've never raced with Travis mainly because he's 10 times faster (laughs) than I am.
0: (laughs) All of us. (laughs) But, uh,
1: this year I did the 50 miler and Travis, uh, helped me out and came along with me. You know, I've got some impediments because of my Alzheimer's and, and, uh, but in any event, Travis and I, um, Fifty-fifty, and and or the fifty-miler, and and you know we had a great time. Unfortunately, uh, I missed the cutoff. You know, you know, I can I can still run with anybody up those mountains. And, I can
0: attest to that.
1: <laughs> yeah, I can run those I can run those mountains, but when when it's the fast downhills, I get killed. You know, and and. Not only did I just get killed because people can run faster downhill than me, uh, also I, you know, there is a lot of young people here, you know, on the on this on this hill, and and they're five times, ten times faster than me, and I can't stay with them. So, you know, I didn't, I didn't, uh, I didn't, I, you know, didn't get the, old race time uh, uh 32 okay i got 32 miles down <laughs> but i need to make sure your dad knows that i did not quit Oh, I did not, I did not quit the race i just just got timed out everybody everybody else was finished and i was still there uh we my- did, you know what dad we got to be out there though for longer than the winners so
2: yeah
0: we uh, did. <laughs> well, look, my dad and I both were keeping tabs on you, and I think we told each other at the same moment that you didn't quit, so there is no lost in translation on that one at all um and and then uh you know, as I said, you did come support me for that Tuesday night. Leadville Race Series run I had out on the front range, and Marshall came too, and as I recall, you were kicking both of our butts going up that hill, so, um, yeah, I'm glad I didn't try to do any of the running races this year, or I'd have been behind you. You
1: so- know, we still have one more. <laughs> I can't remember what it is that Marshall and I are doing for you. It's in uh Shoot, I can't remember where it is, but there's there's one more left.
0: Is it out of state? Are you going to Are you going to Austin?
1: No, it's here. It's in. uh, It's one of your races. Yeah.
0: Gosh, I need Pam to speak up. I don't even know (laughs) what what that is.
1: Are you thinking of the the Austin State Park one day? The
0: rad dirt.
1: Uh, No, it's. uh, Yeah, Mesa planning on coming
0: to your apex park run oh running there he's planning
1: on coming to that
0: yes okay i thought you meant another uh leadville running event this year and we do have one that's we've got a couple we've got the rad dirt coming up in trinidad um, which will have a 50k and a half marathon, and then we have the Austin Rattler. But yes, I, I need much more support on those front range runs and rides, so I'll take him up on that for sure.
1: Yeah, we'll both we'll both be here, and uh, we're looking for it just like the last ones have been. They're, that's a blast.
0: Well, and yeah, that'll be our uh, season-ending end, one for the year, so that will be a blast.
1: Yeah, that one's uh, full-on uphill. It's, just, it's always straight uphill. Well, and I, I run that all the time, and it's a great, great
0: run. Well, and I don't know if you recall, but I actually had a worst route picked with the weather, and it was our hottest day, one of our still probably top three of the year even to this point. And you got us on that route, and it worked so much better. So uh, your knowledge took over on that one. Now, I want to jump back. Travis, being a legacy yourself, did that ever add pressure to you on these events? I always ask this question because it did for me, but I'm always curious.
1: think so cole i kind of um i mean people ask that a lot and i you know growing up i was playing the typical sports and stuff and then really got into running in high school and college and uh, um being around letville and the other ultra runs and adventure races as a kid and teenager um really the main thing they changed was just perspective you know you grow up around Mm -hmm. this stuff and and it's normal, you know. I mean, for, for you, like most of your childhood and teenage years, it's like, oh, the lead going Go 100, it just happens, and it's a normal thing, you know. Uh-huh. So, so that, that was kind of my view, and I just – I kind of always knew I would do it um, at some point. You know, I didn't know when, but I always knew I would a bit. Um, I, I will say, you know, looking back on, like, the – you know, the wet man that I did in 2013, I think I um, – it, it, it was not never through the legacy thing or through my dad or anyone extra but i definitely put a lot of pressure on myself um for that series and and and, and honestly to win it because i i kind of knew that you know i've done all you know i've lived at altitude i just i knew it was a good competitive series for me um and so i don't know sometimes winning sort of takes that that uh, that mindset but it also you know, I don't know that it's the best thing to have going through your mind at all times, sort of, that, that you know, I really need to win this thing. So, um, you know, the, yeah, the legacy thing, I wouldn't say that that in particular has made any pressure or, or anything like that. And, you know, for the most part, it's just been a fun, a fun thing to do and something that, um, I mean, I I've, I've felt uh, probably one of the reasons that I, haven't pursued like doing the the run more you know it's over the
2: last uh, eight years is just because i've enjoyed coaching uh athletes doing it
1: you know that's that's been a really fulfilling uh endeavor for me of having a lot of clients every year doing the run or doing the bike or doing man and um it's it's been super special to sort of share uh share something that's important to me uh with them
0: well yes and i'd like to continue i just want to give you guys both more of a shout out on legacies and of a different kind um i don't know how many times travis i've heard podcasts on your podcast or you on other podcasts or what have you where you're mentioning the leadville legacy trail 100 foundation in fact i know that you and Mark have both been up and helped participate in one of the, the Christmas parties and the passing out of the toys. And I did actually catch one of your later episodes with Rodrigo and uh, really yeah. telling the world about the dream chaser from the running side. And we just can't thank you enough for that. Uh, once again, it's that, that whole family tie. I want to extend that all branch back to you and kind of tie this back. As you said, you know, you kind of realize that that you were going to be a legacy. It just was a matter of when. I've asked you about pressures. Well, today, you've really been a master of kind of, you know, taking all this that you've grown up with as a young boy and really making your living at that be it through being a podcaster an author like you're talking about a coach and watching all these other people hit that line and, and seeing their lives change. Um, why don't you tell us some of the things you have out there, some of the web addresses where people can find your stuff and, and what you're doing? Uh, yeah, well, thanks
2: Cole. Um, yeah it's uh, I don't know pretty easy to find the, the
1: podcast is called the Travis Macy show and uh, and that's been that's really been me and dad together that's uh, it's been fun to kind of share a, a professional endeavor uh, like that and uh, we're writing a book as well um, you know books books take a while but we're getting a lot of a lot of good stuff down and um, so dad and I are doing that together kind of about the the Alzheimer's experience so, Uh, hopefully maybe in the next year or so we can get that on shelves. And then, uh, Dan and I are both on, um, Instagram. And if you Google my name, you'll, you'll get my, my website as well. That's got the, that's got the coaching and stuff on it. Um, and I do want to say, I'm glad that you mentioned the the dream chase thing this year. That, uh, you know, listeners may be familiar. That was, uh, you know, Ty Hall or local Leadville guy's been doing doing that on the bike race for years, where he starts and last, and then gets donations for everyone that he passes. And uh, this year, Rodrigo Jimenez, another uh, local Leadville guy, uh, did that for the run. And,
2: um, so
1: it was his final section of, of the Wetman series, and he started the run two and a half hours late. And uh, <laughs> it was so, I got to see him. Uh, we we're a captain. At Sugarloaf in there by Twin, or excuse me, by Turquoise Lake. So we
2: got to see Rodrigo go by in the morning all alone. Okay. uh, Just watching him, you know, work his
1: way through the field. And and I tell you what, what was cool for me is just, and I had an inside view because I I coach Rodrigo and, you know, we've become good friends over the years, but just to see, you know, he's a great athlete and and he's always going for the podium at at Leadman. Um, But this year, for him to be racing for something bigger, you know, really a very important cause for his community that can make a huge difference. Um, it, it just it was cool because He just ran an inspired race, and, and he passed almost everyone. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. He, he ran uh, nineteen, which I think, like, he, yeah. you know, COVID. He finished, like,
0: he, I don't know, maybe he passed 20th
1: all, or something. You were was, right. His time was sixth place.
0: You right there. Yeah, he, was, like, he was 21 and then if you take away the two and a half hours he was six right behind marvin and yeah. as you know marvin marvin's brother wesley and rodrigo they've all held that podium on and off just yeah. changing order for a number of years and and you know because yeah. you've held that record with them so <laughs> yeah
2: no i
1: love it you have the local let guys and also shout out to marvin this year who not only won lead man but also uh Tore it up on the borough racing circuit, which uh, I enjoyed hearing you and Mary Lee talking about those old borough racing stories. But that's kind of become my new fascination uh, this summer. So it uh, anyway it's been awesome to see Wade Bill Marvin on, uh, on the borough racing and Man in one summer. It's fantastic.
0: Well, you're really reading my mind here because that's, you know, my next question here is that we've touched on your business life, your early ultra running career. Um, but I think you must have got your hands on a copy of Running with Sherman from McDougal, and uh, you've picked up a new hobby. it's a uh, been a pastime in Leadville since the very late '40s, I believe. um yeah. Why don't you tell us what you're up to? Yeah,
1: yeah. So pack racing, as you know, it's Colorado's official heritage sport. It's been going on and. In- let fair play every year since 1949. Uh, one fact I love, and, and you know, this uh, speaks to that interview with Mary Lee, is, is that women have been doing it since
0: 1951. Oh yeah, and, and I I think that's incredible because you know you look at even like the
1: Boston Marathon, you know, women weren't allowed to do that for for years until they basically broke in but here in the borough races you know a little old leadville the ladies were doing it back in the 50s so um anyway it's uh you know in a nutshell it's a high altitude trail running race and everyone has a donkey on a leash um you know and the gun goes off there's a lot of uncertainty but uh, you try to go as fast as you can and um, i've i've really enjoyed it i, I I've, I've been doing a little bit of running um with uh, Smokey Burgess and Bob Sweeney, Gray. Uh, who were both in, yeah, in Leadville. And, and it was fun talking to Smokey because uh, he went through the lineage of a lot of the, the uh, pros that are in Leadville and in the general area now and that are doing the races. Many of those are descendants, and maybe you know more about this than I do, Cole, but from, I guess, a, a small... Um, a group of donkeys that your dad picked up, maybe in Nevada or something.
0: Yeah, uh, BLM I've...
1: adoptees, and and they've kind of a lot of those bloodlines are still still around, and maybe even some of the donkeys. You know, they live a long time and they can they can have a good long racing career. So, um, the uh, dad and I went to a race in the mid nineties, and who knows, called maybe you were there, maybe your dad was there. <laughs> I know your dad used to do them all, but we went to the Georgetown race. Sometime in the mid-90s, and I remember uh, seeing Tom Sobel, uh, you know, he had the Burrow Maynard at the time, which is the, you know, maybe the best athlete ever in Colorado is this Burrow Maynard that most people haven't heard of. But as well, far as you no, have no. he had the best.
0: I got, yeah, I got to interrupt you there. Tom was the best. Maynard oh, yeah. was the worst. Maynard, yeah. Maynard was Dr. Gerardino's Burrow. And Dr. Gerardino, uh, he would run, my dad and he ran a good, my dad ran for like 32 years. Mary Lee ran the bro race for like 14 or so. Um, And then, God, it all ties back even with the significant change came from one of our woman athletes who was a bro racer first by the name of Barb Dolan.
1: Yeah, and I thought that's what you were going to say. Yeah,
0: Barb, Barb was the first not-woman athlete to do the run and bike whenever we first started that bike race in 94. Barb was the first one to do them both. But oh,
1: really? So she did them both that year, huh?
0: Yeah, Barb was the first one. Now, that, okay. there was another guy, yeah. but, like, Barb did it. Like, Barb beat him, I think. Yeah and then Barb in Burrow Racing just did not like that there was a women's and a men's and yeah, that's and right. she wanted yeah. in yeah, she on wanted the full round, right? yes uh, and, and, and and yeah she went on to win the triple crown but so she changed the face of racing. Now there's a long and a short. And there's a lot of men doing the short. And yeah, Barbara yeah. Dolan once again proved why Leadville was, even though she's from a neighboring community, very close. Why Leadville was founded on the backs of strong women and not strong men. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> I've, I've
1: heard about Barbara and read about her. I don't know if I've ever met her or not. Is she still
0: living mm-hmm. Twin Lakes, do you know? i th- but she was just a little further down the valley toward Buena Vista today I'm okay. not sure though um, well, I mean I'm fairly sure I've lost a lot more contact with all your history there is pretty spot on and you know yeah. another guy who owned a lot of the boroughs was the late Curtis Emery God rest his soul and That's right. you know yeah. he was also a big part of our Hunter Mall family too but no, that's just such a, a unique and, and fun community. And, and for those of you that don't know that are listening, it's not a, a race where you ride the donkey or burrow. Burrow is just a Spanish name for donkey. It's where you have a 33-pound pack saddle with a pickaxe, a shovel, a gold pan, and weights to make up the difference, and a blanket for your donkey. Um, so now how... You're pretty fresh into this. How many seasons have you got?
1: Yeah, just this year. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, so I've been, you know, since the '90s. There, it was another thing. Like (laughs) I remember, as you know, whenever I was ten years old, and I was like, I am gonna do that someday. And uh, (laughs) you know, just all this running, biking, adventure racing and stuff. And anyway, for whatever reason, this spring I was like, this is the year. I, you know, I'm gonna be a burro racer. (laughs) So. Uh, Yeah, I kind of, I'm still learning the ropes. There's a lot of uh, people laugh when I tell them it's a very intellectual sport. <laughs> um but it, it kind is because there's there's just a lot to figure out. There's a lot of variables. oh yeah, you know, there's not only your your personal training obviously, which is a big component of trying to be competitive, but then just the, the training of the animal and the behavior and the, the relationship um, with the animal, you know all, all that. And uh, I just I've always loved animals. I've always wanted to do it. you know, it's been fun. Uh, Dad's been out there in a few races. It's kind of a fun scene isn't huh, <laughs>
0: that.
2: Yeah,
1: it's
0: great. Well, now I wanted,
1: I wanted to do that about 20 years ago and never got around to it. So I'm glad you did. And shoot, if I could find an uh, easy-going burl, I'll go on,
2: you know, on his back or push him around.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Mark, it's easier.
1: we got to find a well-trained one, huh,
2: Dad? Yeah, yeah.
0: We- yeah the easy going ones are a lot easier to find than the ones that are in you know, a race good. So I can help you out now. Uh, but Travis, now you see so you're racing one of those boroughs with that more wild bloodline, huh? One of those, uh, well, I don't know. You know,
1: I don't know if I have raced any of them yet. I was, um, Smokey again, local level guy, smoky owns one named Pablo that I think, um, well that's it that yeah
0: he's at right. least a, that's a good burrow so okay so that's yeah you're not you're racing more his own burrow that's a a real good choice that's actually one that can run with you or one that if tom had had a burrow like that boy everybody's been a lot of trouble <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I'm still feeling it out to find uh, the, the best-fit
2: one. The last, we did a race in Victor a couple of weeks ago, and that one pre- went pretty well. That was the first time I had a burrow that was pretty fast and kind of wanted to run towards the
1: front. So so we got to, to make uh, the first first pack or the first herd, if you will. Um, so that was fun. And I would say, you know, for people who are into the Let no Race Series, uh, you know if you're looking for something a little different or quirky maybe you think about this burrow race and then there's actually it is possible to rent a burrow for the races which is a great way to you know try it out and see if you like it there's some training runs but you know if you if, you, if you're a horse person and you have those skills that's huge you know i've never done any horse since, so i'm <laughs> learning at all but uh you know it's a it's a fun thing and it's also i think uh um, you know, it's a lower pressure way to race because there's so much uh, uncertainty to it, mm-hmm. and in my opinion, that's good. You know, if if you do a hundred mile running race, there's a lot of uncertainty. You're going to have to solve problems. And If you, you know, if you go through Alzheimer's, or you know, if you if you have blood clots in your lungs, you know, like your dad's been dealing with, I mean, these things carry uncertainty, mm-hmm. and I think that's really to the probably the the original reason you do this stuff is because you're you're training mentally for the the curveballs that life throws at you.
0: That's a a great way of putting it for sure. Um, yes absolutely now so and uh, you think you're gonna continue on this is this is the one you'll repeat, huh? The Burrow racing?
1: (laughs) Yeah I'm pumped to do more. Yeah the season's pretty much wrapped up this year. Um, yeah, I, I definitely want to do some more of those. But, um, you know, who knows? We'll we'll see. I'm I, I like the um, I've really gotten into ski mountaineering in the wintertime here. So I'm kind of as a, as the leaves start to turn a little bit. We're actually in Leadville on uh, Saturday for my son's soccer game, and starting to get some good fall colors there. So that sort of gets you thinking about snow.
2: Uh, so I'm pumped for
1: some and Yeah, probably some burrow race next year. Who, who knows? I don't know. I mean, Maybe I'll, maybe I'll give, give another
0: Lego race a shot, though. Well, no, th- those ski races seem to be picking up the steam-like burrow racing. I mean, that seems like it's... I mean, it's what? It's always been pretty popular in Europe, but it seems like it's really making a a wave here, huh? Yeah, yeah.
1: Skimo is great. I mean, it's it really has picked up. and I, I mean, I think about like, in, you know, the 90s and 2000s when I was doing a lot of snowshoe races, you know, those snowshoe races would have a lot of the top, uh, you know, runners, mountain bikers, that kind of stuff, at least from Colorado, would do the snowshoe races, and, and now a lot of that elite athlete crowd uh, is doing the Schemo races, um, you know, for whatever reason, maybe, a, I don't know, you know, probably a little more fitness boost, just more dynamic, and, and that's where the competition is, uh, and Schemo um, will be in the Olympics in 2026, so that's a I think fascinating prospect for, for young, um, American men and women and maybe something to shoot for. And, uh, you know, Colorado is kind of the the heart of the the schemo scene, um, currently, although more races are, are being added, uh, over the States and also in Canada. So yeah, definitely an exciting, an exciting thing. And I think a great, uh, you know, I have a lot of clients who they'll do some Skiing or nordic or snowshoeing in the winter and then in the summer they do ultra running or they do the lead series or something like that it so definitely can tie in nicely
0: well yeah. So i'm definitely you know less like my father where i, I need to mix it up a lot more and yeah. uh, i enjoyed the break of those other seasons to do other things for sure um, yeah yeah and then yes you've hit on another topic it is prime Aspen viewing season in Leadville right now, boy, I think you're, you're going at the right time. Make sure you hit that mineral belt trail or somewhere up California Gulch for some of those Aspens. Yep. Now uh, for all of those people, before I let you guys go before, uh, uh, you know, all these athletes coming to Leadville for the first time, or maybe they haven't been successful what piece of advice have you learned over the years both of you that that you'd like to offer to help get them to that line come next summer
1: well i sort of said this a little while ago but without doubt the most important thing is is to keep on going you know it's you know it you get to that you you start out at the finish line, and it's going to get harder. And it's going to get harder, and it's going to get harder. And you got to tell yourself, no matter how hard it is, you got to stick with it if you want to finish. So it's it's a fairly simple concept, but it's a very hard thing to do. And believe me, I've been you know, trying to get in into you know lots of of. Races that are very, very difficult, and I told you the last one I did is a 50 miler, and and I'm trying to decide right now. Do I got to go do the 50 miler again next year? <laughs> 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 my wife keeps saying, "Don't do it, don't do it, they don't do it," but I don't know. We'll have to wait and see.
0: I don't know that we have to wait and see. I think I can call this one right now, but I'll wait and see. Okay, now one other thing. Um, What do each of you think of when you hear the word Leadville? Probably the best place I know of and the place that I
1: will never forget And I'll be going to Leadville with, with my family for, you know, as long as I can go. Yeah, yes, uh, "coal family" is the word that comes to mind for me.
0: Well, we absolutely love that. I think we've hit our target goal. Then, if if that's the words that you are you all are using. I can't thank you both enough. Um, is there anything else that you want to share with uh, our family members before I cut you loose?
1: Yeah, would you please tell Ken and Marilee that I'm thinking about them all the time and, and uh, you guys are the best and I love to see you at that finish line, especially you know, your dad now. He's hurt a little bit, but He's tired camp and he'll be back. I have no doubt about it. And and I can't wait to see him out there and and merrily as well.
0: Well, thank you. Thank you so much. Let me interrupt just real quick. Uh, Dad is doing much better. Um, He is definitely not out of the woods, but he actually did go on a small hunting trip to Wyoming this weekend Um, He's currently (laughs) still there, and uh, I'm talking to him as much as I can to make sure I can hear him, and by hearing him, I can tell he actually is strong and recovering, so thank you. Um, Travis, go ahead and continue. I apologize for cutting you off.
2: Yeah,
1: no, I was just going to say the same thing, Colin. You know, one final brief story I want to share, you know, when, when my dad was diagnosed with Alzheimer's, I mean, that was that was really, really hard and it's, you know, it's not good news for anyone. And it, and it hit me really hard. And, um, it's it forced uh, going through hard things forces growth. And that's another reason you, you run a hundred miles or, or, or a bike or whatever mm-hmm. is it's going to force you to grow in some way or another. And, um, you know, for, for me, part of that growth was just a transition, um,
2: you know, and, in roles in the family, and it was it, again. It, it
1: wasn't what I hoped for. It was really hard, but uh, one thing that helped me prepare for that transition is, uh, you know, I, I I realized I, you know, I need to call call Ken and tell him about this. You know, with Dad's Alzheimer's, just so I know and, and I know Dad wants to you know and stuff. And you know, he was really supportive, and, and he and I'll never forget. Cole, he, he he said he said, "Well, young man." time for you to step up and take the lead here and uh you know that's just his style but it 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 it, putting it so clear and concrete like that um
2: was really helpful to me because i knew that was what i needed to do and it wasn't an easy
1: thing and i didn't feel ready for it but uh it was really helpful to hear that so i i just I, i know cole that he's made that difference for a lot of people over the years out on the race course but probably more importantly in other areas of life and uh you know that's that's
0: why people are going to remember us. Uh, boy that's that's very well said. Um once again I just I can't thank you both enough. Um I love you both. You're definitely part of our family, our hundred mile family and uh just can't wait to see you for that next year's family reunion so until then take yep. care and and we'll be in touch
1: yeah sounds good Cole. thanks for thanks for talking and uh, great job with the podcast you're, you're doing an awesome job with it i uh i I'm, I'm a listener as well so uh yeah hope to hope to see you soon and then enjoy a good run at, at apex both of you guys there should be some good fall colors there pretty soon too
0: Well, yes, I'm looking more forward to that now that I know that Mark's going. You all have a wonderful day.
1: All Have a good one. See you guys.
0: Bye-bye. Well, there you have it. I can't thank the Macy's enough for joining me today. Uh, Mark has definitely been a very long fixture in our family, and it's just really exciting to see Travis be the legacy of that family Uh, if you want to learn more about any of Travis's coaching podcast books available please visit travismacy.com and please don't forget to give us a subscribe where you're getting your podcasts and a review if you've liked what you've heard thank you very much and we'll see you at home we'll
2: see you in Leadville